All right, guys, what is up? And welcome to episode one of Surviving the Post-Pandemic Card Market. I'm John with 610 Collectibles. Here with us today is Damien Dupree from DeCasa. And guys, really excited for this podcast. We've been talking to a lot of guys at different shows and trying to help as many people as we can. And like I said, we want this podcast to help the collectors move forward and get as much as they can out of this hobby. So like we said, with us today is, is uh, Damien. And Damien, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Yo, what's going on? Um, thanks for having me, Conan. Really happy to be here. It's a <laughs> life, lifelong dream. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, my name is Damien. Uh, I am not as hardcore into cards as John. I'm more on the Pokemon and occasional sport card side of things. But um, one thing I am passionate about and I do collect is comic books, whether that's a raw comic, which means you would just pick it up off of the newsstand or a graded comic, which like many of the cards that, you know, John shows off and talks about are in slabs, which ultimately preserves them and adds value. And I've been collecting comic books probably for about the past five years or so. Um, I don't buy every single comic. I buy what I like, which I think is important, but it's okay. Uh, yeah. Kim's not listening you can say you that you that you buy everything it's okay <laughs> i mean i can't say i buy everything but i can say that i fabricate how much i pay for things <laughs> <laughs> but yeah happy to be here man thanks for having me on it's like guys damon's going to be our expert for everything collecting outside of sports cards like i said we the hobby is so much more than just collecting sports cards so as we go through this more, one of the big words that you're going to hear is diversifying your portfolio. And most times you're going to hear that and you're going to think, man, that's, that's stock trading. That's my dad's stuff for the younger guys. That's, that's, oh, that's Robin Hood. Oh, no, diversifying works elsewhere too. So a lot of what we do, like I said, I'm not as much into the comics as Damien is, but I pick up stuff here and there. Uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to send out, send out to get graded at some point. We have some first, like the first issue of SI a sports illustrator that we're going to look to get sent out, but Damien's going to be our uh, go-to guy on this podcast for all that stuff. The hot, the hodgepodge, the collector of all things and master of none, if you will. And real quick guys, for those being Damien, I've been friends for a while. We are a couple of full blown losers. Uh, we met a couple of years ago at an airport at seven o'clock in the morning to go to WrestleMania. Uh, we high-fived, went and got a beer, and then ever since then, we've just been doing degenerate stuff together and <laughs> moving forward in our side hustles here. So That's <laughs> true. That was the first time I met you was just the airport, and I was like, Scott and I are like, man, who's this John guy that Ryan knows? Because we're like, you know, we, we don't really like meet a lot of people that Ryan knew outside of Summit Park, so we're like, okay, well, like. I wonder who this guy is. And dude, it was like, that was to this day. I still think back on that WrestleMania trip and like going to Disney, the place we stayed at, like how fun outdoor WrestleMania was compared to Mania 29 in North Jersey, where it was in like the forties all day. And it was just <laughs> terrible. So, I mean, dude, it was a blast, man. And we've been just going, going strong ever since. All right, guys. So dive into this real quick. One thing we're going to, I'm going to talk about, uh, is the Fishtown Card Show. We just did that. We were set up last weekend down at the Rivers Casino in Philly. Um, Brett, if you're listening, I hope you are, you absolutely hit this one out of the park. I mean, it, if Bryce Harper could hit a home run into the third deck, that's what it looked like. That, I mean, this show was amazing. This show had everything. Um, we, we took a bit of a break at the end of the last year because of 
just some COVID stuff with work, some shift stuff that got busy doing some Christmas tree stuff here and there. Uh, so this is our first show since last November, since the wheelhouse show. And Brett, like I said, you absolutely killed this show. This was great. The show was packed all day, Damien. I mean, I, there was people in and out of this show from the second we got there at nine o'clock to set up until we left at four. That's good, man. Like it's good that things are getting back to normal and, and stuff like that is, you know, card shows are fun. And I think if we learned anything from the pandemic, it was to make sure you embrace your hobbies. And I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. myself included, especially on the Pokemon side of things, you know, I, I found old cards in my mom's house and that just like reignited my passion. And when you're stuck inside quarantining for months, like, you know, a lot of people picked up their their hobby again and started getting into all this stuff. And then you know, you have people like Logan Paul and all these high high powered influencers talking about it, and it just it took off, and it, it was just crazy. Um, looking back on how like insane twenty 2020 twenty and even twenty twenty one was in terms of collecting and selling and you know pack breaks and all this stuff, so it was just really really cool. And you know, I'm glad to be back into that. And I it was really the pandemic that made me think like about my childhood and what kind of stuff I used to collect. And Pokemon was definitely one of those things. Well, you talked about childhood. One of the cool things actually at the show was I saw more kids than, than ever. There was the adults. There was the guys my age, your age that, I mean, that's, there's always going to be that, but like, there's so many kids we had every, and this kid, I don't know his name. He's like nine years old. Every show we go to in the Philly area, he's there. He shows up with the most random card. He'll bring a Patrick Mahomes card <laughs> or some random card. And he'll walk up to every table and be like, do you want to buy this? And I always say no. And I don't, And my dad always asks me when he's with, he goes, why don't you buy that off the kid? I'm like, because I feel bad, but I don't because he, the other bigger shops are going to give him $5 for a dollar card. And that kid's going to come back here and buy Pokemon packs. And I swear he did. We had, we were from talking to some of the people there. We had some of the cheapest prices for like just sealed packs for like Pokemon stuff. And this kid must have bought half a booster box off us just to <laughs> lose packs. He would come back every five minutes with like quarters and other stuff and, and different cards. And it was nuts. Like it was the atmosphere that Brett got set for that was great because kids were able to come in there. Like the pa- even parents that had kids were like, oh, this is like pretty welcoming. Like it doesn't seem like like we're not afraid to let our kids walk around here. Like everyone seems welcoming. Like it was a very cool setup. Yeah, they're they're improving stuff down there, too, where it's becoming more like family friendly and there's yeah. more to do. Like it used to just be go to a game, go to Xfinity, but now they're, they're building up a lot of stuff down there. I mean, the, obviously the casinos not for kids, but um, just to have more like options for nightlife and stuff like that. And it's good for you guys because there's more opportunities to have these shows in places. Like I'm surprised there hasn't been one at like the showboat. Like we saw that anime Mm -hmm. dude, they could totally do uh, where the old casino floor was. They could totally do a card show. Oh my God. Yeah. And it'd be perfect. Well, that's what like, so last year's show that we did, it was the first ever show that Brett ran was at the Fillmore, which was, uh, see, I, I had never always heard of the Fillmore for concerts and different acts and stuff. So it was always one of those, oh, that's a weird venue. And we got there and it was a great show, but it was small in comparison to this one. I mm-hmm. think off offhand, I want to say the last show Brett did for Fishtown was, uh, I don't know, like maybe 20 some tables, if that. Like it was, it was smaller. It was, it was a, a, still a nice show at the end of the pandemic, but like it wasn't as big as kind of what we thought, but that was probably our best show in a while. We did absolutely, we killed it that last show and back in 
oh, I think it was July. But like Brett's goal isn't just to have a card show. He wants an atmosphere. And one of the funniest things, and this show did it again. I've never seen so many people panic buying sports cards because they were drunk from the open bar. <laughs> it was that the, is dangerous. It was the greatest thing ever. I had a guy that bought so many CGC Pokemon slabs off me because he started drinking and then he kept thinking about it. He's like, oh man, that's a good price. Oh God. And like, he'd come back with more and more drinks. And dude, I'm telling you, like <laughs> Brett talks about setting an atmosphere and <laughs> something about alcohol and sports cards is just great. <laughs> well, it's that, you know, you loosen up, man. I mean, that's like me at WrestleMania. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to buy like another belt for my collection. <laughs> and then we're at an open bar. The first thing I do is like make a beeline for the superstore. <laughs> you guys are like, where'd you go? And I come back with the million dollar title. Like, I was gonna yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I just disappear. I mean, I know I'm small. So like, you know, I, I get misplaced quite easily, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely it definitely helps uh, soften the blow if you have a couple before you make a big purchase. One of the things too at this show that we saw and we and a lot of feedback we just from us at our table is like I said we have a lot of like we said people are finding their childhood collections of Pokemon stuff so we found ours or I don't say ours all mine I don't know where they're at I'm pretty sure they're gone they're probably in a trash can or a landfill somewhere in Harrisburg but we had picked up a couple different uh, collections from coworkers kids that were getting older, like my age, that were like, hey, I got to move. Can you buy this collection off me just so I can have some cash? Which works out great because those people didn't check their check the comps on everything. So we, right. we made out great. But like, so you do these shows and like people are like surprised when I have Pokemon stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm like sports cards collecting. It's not just sports cards. Like it, it's not like you're going to like a coin show, like like part of our collectible business is my dad does coin shows so like when you go to a coin show it's coins yeah coins and money you're not going to have baseball shirts you're not going to have hats you're not going to have bats but like a sports card show is so it's a singular word but you're going to have so many other things like the fishtown show had uh sketch artists they had um different tech companies that were coming out with like different like imaging tech for sports cards we had like vintage clothes shops there that had old jerseys People that even look like they were just doing a yard sale from their mom's basement. <laughs> but like, I mean, people were dumbfounded when when we had um, Pokemon cards because some guys like, oh, my God, he's like, I want that card. And I forget what I forget what oh, it was the uh, the birds. We we had a couple first edition um, and we didn't have the complete set because some guy bought our Moltres last time. So the guy I said, hey, well, we don't have the first edition set, but I have um, just a regular set of them and he's like oh my god i'll take him right away he's like because it brought back that nostalgic kick it, it, it brought back that like middle school now there's an age gap for us so i say middle school for me that was like my childhood of like elementary school and younger for you guys that was <laughs> it was it was like for me pokemon was what 99 2000 yeah. so for me it was like very tail end of like seventh eighth grade heading into high school and then high school there was Yu-Gi-Oh. And like we still kept going with Pokemon for a little bit after that. But yeah, I prime I remember and this is why I love like Pokemon cards so much. I vividly remember going to Toys R Us on Saturday mornings and they would have the Pokemon League and you would literally battle people 
you know, make trades and you would earn gym badges, like physical, like little gym badges, which were super cool. I, I found a couple um, when I was cleaning out stuff from my mom's house before she moved and they're somewhere. uh, I have them in a box somewhere, but dude, it was just, you know, vivid memories of that stuff. Never pulling a Charizard and then being able to, as an adult with my adult money, buy one. (laughs) And like, that's what what it's about for me. That's what like, as we get older, like adult money scares me. Like today I bought a fishing boat. Like just, (laughs) we went up, I wanted a bass boat for a while and my mom was not happy. Now mind you, I'm 28, have my own house. I'm away. But like, She's I'm an only child, so she always looks on my purchases because like it's, it's hard for me to hide it from her. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, can you just come up with me today? You're going to see this boat and you're going to realize it's not that bad. And it's the same thing with sports cars. Like she's like, why are you buying that box of cards? Why did you just spend a thousand dollars on five cards in a box? And then you explain it to her and like she does like scratch offs and goes to the casinos. And then she's like, oh, so you're just gambling. I'm like, 100 percent. That's that's all it is. Just being a degenerate gambling, except now I have tangible shit like stuff in my hand that can gain value or lose value. Right. 100 percent. And like it's I, I was telling Kim about this like last year, the um, the shadowless base set, red cheeks, yellow cheeks, Pikachu's I bought like I got them pretty cheap and then you got good deals on those they shot up a couple hundred bucks easy and i don't know where the value is for them now um because like i got them and i was happy i got them for what i got them for and like i don't plan on selling them like charizard even though i like i want to upgrade him because i think i I have a psa 5 um okay so you know i want to get up to a 7 or 8 at some point like a little bit because i deserve it right i deserve it better (laughs) charizard um you're you're working hard you're working so hard um so yeah, I, I want to do that eventually, but you know, the they just shot up and I, I showed Kim that she's like, holy crap, like so she's very much so getting into the collectible aspect too with me. Not like me buying she's not buying action figures and stuff like that, but uh, you know, high ticket items like we just bought um Hasbro, big toy company, released a crowdfunding campaign for Proton Packs from the Ghostbusters. I'm mad. I, I did not get in that. I was so mad. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see next year. It, like, you know, I can always help you out, man, because we bought two. So, um, <laughs> and it's crazy because, like, HasLab, they do these crowdfunding campaigns and you purchase it. You don't see the product for a year and a half because they had to make it once it gets funded. And it sells for astronomical prices no matter what it is. Like, I have yeah. a Star Wars ship coming in on Tuesday that was <laughs> 350 and it's selling for $1,400 on eBay right now. Jesus, because people either didn't know it existed or they didn't have the funds for it at the time. And now because it's a limited, you can't go to a target and pick it up. People are losing their minds and and overpaying tremendously for this stuff because it's the only way to get your hands on it. So, you know, even collectibles like I I know in the intro, I talked comics, but figures, uh, you know, a lot of stuff collectible wise can really hold value or, you know, be valuable for a certain period of time if you're looking to kind of, you know, gamble. And it is a gamble. Some stuff hits, some stuff doesn't. But as long as you're buying what you like and you're not buying just to completely profit, you know, that will yeah. you'll probably get miserable after a while if you do that. But, you know, there's so much stuff out there that can hold value or increase in value. Well, that's a good segue in our next topic. And like I said, Brett, once again, one last time, thank you so much for the Fishtown Show. I hope we keep this train rolling. Um, but... For our next point, you were talking about the comics and the collectibles and something with with sports cards and comics and whatnot. So like social like events out like in the real world are starting to dictate like 
prices of product, whether it be sports cards, whether it be comics. And something that we're seeing from your side of it as well as, as the sports card side is like movies and TV and like the yep. and one thing in particular, the Marvel Universe, because you oh, just yeah. picked up uh, what was it? Moon Knight, I think it yes. was. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this was something I experimented with just quick story last year when WandaVision came out. So we're going through the episodes. We're getting into like getting out of like the sitcom style and into more of what the like meat and potatoes of the actual story is. And I was like, you know what? There's this run of comics called West Coast Avengers that they did back in the 80s. And I'm thinking to myself, I think they're going to do this and they're going to bring Vision back. It's going to be an all-white Vision. So I went on eBay. I went on mycomicshop.com, which is primarily where I buy my books. They're a retailer that they post on eBay um, and they have their own site that they run. And I get pretty much any graded comic from them. And they had it for $80 graded copy with white Vision on the cover. I snagged it. And then two episodes later, White Vision. Then we had him in the finale going up against the fake Vision. Yep. And, um, you know, I didn't have any attachments to Vision. Like WandaVision made me care about Vision to begin with. And I think that could be true for a lot of other people. But yeah. uh, I said, okay, well, I don't need this comic. Let me see what it's going for. And I was ending up uh, selling it. I ended up selling it for 400 bucks. Wow. That's, for, that's so, not bad. I mean, if you're talking like return on investment, I spent $80 and I <laughs> ended up walking away with $320. So um, that was just one of those things where it was very topical. And just like this, we have Moon Knight coming out in March. And Moon Knight is kind of an, not obscure, but not to the to the casual Marvel fan. They're probably they're not going to know who he is. But mm. when they see the show and they see how complex the character is and they see that he's just really this really cool badass that could eventually team up with like Blade, team up with um, the Black Knight, maybe even team up with Doctor Strange, kind of have all these mystical, magical uh, characters like team up together in a future project. I went on um, my comic shop and I was like, you know what? The trailer's going to drop next week. Let me pick up Moon Knight number one, which is a key issue. So yeah. Key issue is like first appearance of somebody, origin story of somebody, and it's it's an important comic that's central to a character or the story of the character. So I saw Moon Knight 1, and I said, okay, you know what? It's 9.4 white pages, which is very, very good because we're basing this on the scale of 1 being terrible to 10 being great. Mm -hmm. Saw that, snagged it for about 180, and you know the show's not even out yet. We still have pretty much... I think we have another month almost until it okay, comes well, out. It was like March 21st or March 20th. I think it was something. Yeah. End of March. Yeah. End of March. And, you know, you could check some of the eBay auctions and it's already selling for 230 The most recent one sold for 250 Same yeah. exact grade and CGC and same exact issue. So, you know, it's already going up. And then once the show comes out, it's going to go up even more. So that's either my choice to say, okay, well, I'm not attached to Moon Knight. I could sell it, make a profit or hold on to it because I do like the character and, you know, see what he does down the road. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I do enjoy the character of Moon Knight. So I wanted to pick it up before it got astronomical. Mm -hmm. And if I ever said to myself, you know what, like, I don't need this anymore. I can move on from it. I can do that. But for me, um, my collection is really a revolving door. There's probably like five or th five or six things that I would never, ever sell, but anything else that I collect or I buy, you know, I'll display it, I'll appreciate it and eventually decide, okay, you know what, like it's time to move on or I want to use this to fund another piece for my collection and then go ahead and move on from it. So, um, 
my collection is a revolving door, but yeah, I mean, topical stuff is, is key for collecting. And, you know, like, I mean, look at Joe Burrow cards right now. They're oh my God, yeah. like, it's insane. And you know, anything Rams, anything Bengals, uh, it's going to be, it's topical because of the big game. Don't want to get in trouble. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's topical because of Sunday and you know, it's still going to be topical going forward. Because I don't think it's the last time we're going to see these two teams, you oh, know, wow. going deep in the playoffs based off the roster and the strength of both teams. Well, that's what like for comic books, for collectibles, sports cards, everything's speculative. And yep. to me, it feels like the, the comic and collectible side of it is easier to speculate if you know, like you said, if you read the comics and there's mm-hmm. being like, hey, we're going to come out with Spider-Man. Hmm. That might be a good a good series to go pick up some early comics of that, and right? Then you and then you do it, and because like I said, it's not it's sh- short of the movie absolutely just tanking. You're gonna have a market. You're gonna have the name out there. You're gonna have repetitive talking of the topic. And sports cards, I feel like it, there's so many factors you can have. Um, like look at Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara just had an absolute not. A, not a superstar season like he's had before with Drew Brees, but like a really great season. Goes to the Pro Bowl, has a, has a decent game, and then rocks some dude in the face. And now all his stuff is tanking because yeah. no one knows what's going to happen. Like Spider Man's not going to like that stuff's not going to do that. You're not going to have the outside factors. Yeah, Spider Man's not going to punch a grandma that asks asks for help across the street or something in one of the comics. Like, it's... well, and that's what somebody asked me at, at the Fishtown show. They're like, "Hey, man, I'm like, how comes how comes sports cards prices are just so volatile and they go up and down? But all your Pokemon stuff, all those prices usually stay the same, and they're like people pay it." I said, "Well, I said to be frank, I said Charizard's not going to sexually assault somebody." I said, that's the biggest thing is you're having oh, yeah. you're having these outside factors where they said Camara punches somebody rugs absolutely demolishes some some chick's car and kills her like that's factors that nobody wants to think about, but mm-hmm. they're there. Yeah, you're, you're talking fiction versus reality. And, and, you know, like you said, Charizard's not going to do anything like that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's never going to Charizard's not going to, you know, cause a uh, five alarm fire somewhere. So. I mean, maybe by accident during a battle, but that's pretty self-contained. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, it's it's true. Um, the sport card market, I mean, you know, think back to when Tebow was with the Broncos. Like, you saw everybody with Tebow jerseys. Probably Tebow and, like, card collectors back then were scooping up all the Tebow. Yep. And then he just went to the Jets and fell into obscurity. And, you know, I'm sure even his like uh, tenure with the Mets, like in the minor leagues, might have had people like get interested in his cards there. I'll say that those got awkwardly, like awkwardly hot for like a minute, and then and then everyone realized, yeah, everyone it, realized, nah, he's not going to go anywhere. It can come, yeah, the, like sports cards can come back down to earth pretty quick, depending on on field stuff and yeah. off field stuff. So there's a lot of factors that go into that versus comic books, where like, okay, if if Moon Knight ends up being a terrible show or people just don't get it there's still going to be hardcore people out there that will want it because they do like the character. Yep. I, uh, you know, I don't see people, I don't think people would be supporting Alvin Kamara right now and be like, yeah, I agree with what he did. Let me go get, you know, a couple <laughs> of the like, no, cause there's the human side of it versus the escapism side of it with the comic books and TV shows and things like that. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's, and that's what, like I said, that's the biggest thing is for, Anybody listening said with the big thing with this whole podcast is want to help you is 
if you know a subject, whether it be sports cards, co- comics, collectibles, if you know something, like I said, it's not insider trading. This isn't the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> We're not throwing money. We're not right. throwing fun coupons off of boats and stuff. <laughs> if you know something and you think, man, I could probably go ahead and grab some of these cards. Like right now, like we are stacking Saquon Barkley rookie autographs because they're cheap right now. Like he's a very good player. He's on a very crappy team, you know, bad market, but the guy's an absolute freak in nature. So like, it's not an insider thing. I'm not, and nobody listened to me. I'm not saying go buy Saquon rookie autographs. We're doing it right now just because they're at a decent price. They're all under a hundred dollars. But that's our that's our speculative thing. That's our market impact of what will happen. Do we think or what do we think is going to happen with these guys or with these comics or these big movies, these big TV shows? Like if you if for some reason they they put out Yellowstone baseball cards like the show, Kevin <laughs> Costner's whatever show rookie card is going to be an absolute like oh, yeah. go for. Yep. It's so like it's just so it's one of those things. That if you're able to collect something that is impactful by a market do your research look look ahead look behind i mean there's money to be made in everything but it's one of those things it's knowing what's coming like you see those move like how marvel has what because we're in phase four five six i lost track i I think we're uh what is it so phase one i think we might be phase five right now actually because i think think phase four was the end yeah phase four ended with no way home so now we're phase five, technically, because I think phase five has a couple. Not many, but a couple that are first movies for said comic or for, or for said person. Oh, yeah. And, and most of them are just building off of the old stories. But even those still, if there's a comic of it, guys, look at those. Go if you can get it inexpensive and hold on it, you can probably come out well ahead. She Hulk, that's going to be coming out. That's going to be a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, anything Daredevil because he's going to be hopping around the MCU from what Kevin Feige said. So get, you know, get on top of a a Daredevil key issue, Uh, you know, him and Echo would be kind of cool because Echo was in the uh, Hawkeye show and she's going to be getting her own solo show, which most likely will feature him because Daredevil and her dated in the comics. So there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there that you can find. And like my recommendation, you know, for like John was saying with history, Check auctions, check auctions from as far Mm -hmm. back as you could go and then check auctions for as recently as you can go just to kind of see where the fluctuation is and, you know, the peaks and valleys of what you're looking to buy so that you can kind of look at that, look at the market and say, okay, well, is this going to go up or is it ever coming down or should I just kind of wait this out and see what happens and then, you know, buy it at the right price that I'm comfortable with? Yeah. Well, and with that, too. Moving into Sunday, like I said, we got the big games coming up. Uh, something that we look at is, like I said, when we're looking f- towards, like I said, the movies, looking at, hey, this movie's that. Y- y- you got to always sit on the on the easy ones for sports. World Series, Super Bowl, um, Stanley Cup. Yeah, people are going to want to buy those cards. Like, if Cam Akers comes out and runs for... 300 yards with four touchdowns and gets the MVP, his stuff's going to go through the roof. Not that he's a good or bad player, but they're going to, you got to ride the hot hand. And yep. as an investor, it may not be the greatest to buy after the game, 
And that's what we're here to tell you is that with the big game comes big gains. But you got to you should that process should have been started last week, two weeks ago, because, like I said, it, if Akers comes out and absolutely kills it, his stuff's going to go through the roof. Same with Stafford, same with Joey B, same with Jamar, um, Aaron Odell. Donald, if he has force. Yeah, Odell. Odell's a sneaky one. Like His stuff still was kind of on the edge of being up there. But if he has even a, a touchdown and they win, his stuff's back through the roof. And I'm mad I did not buy in on him. Yeah, I, and a lot of the prop bets are really leaning towards him, you know, getting over 100 yards in the Super Bowl. I mean, so better if betters are thinking that, like, it might be a good idea to look into it. And, of course, like, there's, you know, you know more about this than me. There's so many variants of, like, prism variants of cards and green prism, like, yeah. all this stuff. So, I mean, there's really a lot to look at and a lot to take in. Um, like for me, when I bought the Vlad Jr. card, I just really liked the way it looked. Mm-hmm. I love the player and I was hoping, hey, maybe he'll be MVP and he was runner up because um, Shohei is just a freak of nature and we've <laughs> never seen and maybe we'll never see anything like that outside of him. But, you know, I bought that card and I was like kind of bummed when he didn't get MVP because I thought, oh, man, man, this might shoot up in value. But either way, I still wasn't going to just like do the quick flip and cash in because Vlad is what, 23, 22, 23? Like, yeah, he's young. He's young. So he is going to have plenty left in the tank. Whereas, you know, Otani's young too, but eventually his arm might fall off or, you know, he loses one aspect of his game that makes him a special attraction and, you know, go from there. But yeah, I mean, Super Bowl stuff, it's, you know, Joe, like we were saying, Joe Burrow cards. I was just looking because I was like, you know what, let me just see. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> not well, at all. That's what, like, we had a couple, we were not fortunate with PSA to get any 10s from him. I mean, they just left and right was just nine, nine, nine. And we put a couple on eBay just to see what would happen. And it wasn't even like a, hey, let's see what happens if they win the a, um, the AFC Championship game. And McPherson hit that kick, dude. And I swear to God, I could hear the eBay ching chime coming from my laptop <laughs> i'm like what is that and then i forgot so then now i'm running between my slabs and ebay making sure i didn't have stuff double posted and like <laughs> stuff selling on my slabs that i had up and luckily i didn't double post anything just because i and it, 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 it was just sheer dumb luck i think I, I didn't have stuff double posted but we sold a good bit of cheap like low low price low value joe burrows like that that we had forever that nobody wanted to buy. I mean, it's ridiculous how one game, one play can get someone to go through the roof more than they already were. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, Joe Burrow, the good thing with him, like he's comeback player of the year, you know, coming back from an ACL is scary stuff. And he came back with that horrible offensive line and led them to the Super Bowl. Well, McPherson too, because he's just (laughs) an absolute beast. I think he scored like, 40 or 40 points or so of the 70 total they scored throughout the playoffs so far was from McPherson. <laughs> yeah. I was in a card break for mosaic when it came out for one of the local shops, TJT sports. And he was, he was going through and I, and I ended up with the AFC North, which is cool. I'm a Pittsburgh fan. So, and I ended up pulling a Deontay Johnson gold mosaic auto, but he's going through and I've never, and he even said, he goes, I've never top loaded a kicker, a kicker rookie card, but I'm doing it today. And <laughs> The th- and the thing's not selling for millions, but like a base chrome kicker rookie card 
should be like 10 cents. Right. It's selling for like five, 10 bucks, which is which from it, it sounds low, but that's super high for what for what he is. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Like I'm actually looking up uh, McPherson cards right now. And there's like literally nothing that's like PSA. <laughs> yeah. Like like that's a guy where as as our uh, podcast grows here, our next one's going to be talking about pop counts and all that stuff. He but. That's a guy where he's he's going to have very low pop counts and he, I'm not saying go stack your McPherson cards kids but just understand that um don't get fooled by a PSA 10 McPherson if it comes out next week because somebody sent that out at like $200 and they got it back and they're hoping to get a, a thousand out of it just because oh I can say it's pop 1. Right. Right. And that's you know, that's like a tricky thing, too, with with the, um, you know, just what's in the pop. But like for on the comic side of things. So I talked about five or six things I would never sell. And one of those is a uh, 1965 graded copy of X-Men 14. So it's only a 4.5, which, OK, if I if I sold it, I'd probably make back what I paid, which was, I think, around 400. But this and I bought this a couple of years ago. This actual copy is CGC signature series signed by Stan Lee. And if you go into the pop, there's a hundred and it won't tell you who it's signed by. So it could be signed by anybody there, but there's 171 of these in the world signed. So I don't know if that's Stan Lee, if that's somebody else that contributed to the issue, if it's maybe one of the X-Men actors that, you know, somebody met at a Comic-Con and had it signed, but you know, like, pop one doesn't mean anything. And also for some cards, like you're talking about, if it's a pop one, chances are it's probably like not that great. Yeah. <laughs> it could be great or it could be not that great. You have to look at the player. You have to look at the other aspects outside of that and then look at the pop report and be like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's a pop one, but it's also not the greatest player in the world. Like just a very topical hot player for the time being. Yeah. And that's what, like I said, our, our next episode is going to be about PSA and their submission process. Cause like I said, I, I, I almost don't want to say it out loud, but PSA is cranking cards out. We sent out a card for express order, which is $150. And it was a PSA. It was a Joe Burrow prism, silver, black, or sorry, prism, black, silver, and a 79 Wayne Gretzky rookie. And we sent it out for the hundred, the $150 express level. We sent it out the first or the, they got it on the first of February and it was done two days ago. It's insane, man. <laughs> like they're not they're not advertising it, and I'm happy they aren't because like these guys are cranking out the hits. They're just they're moving. They realize they're behind the eight ball. They realize they're really slacking. But our next episode, we're gonna be talking about that with pop counts and PSA and what and what not to to send in. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a lot of factors to it. There's definitely a lot of factors, and the the fact they have a turnaround time like that right now is insane. Because I remember I paid. This is going back almost two years ago now. Uh, the shiny Charizard from mm-hmm. um, oh crap, what was the set? Burning Fates. Shine, uh, Shining Fates. No, it was the, it was the one. Oh, oh, Hidden Fates. Hidden Fates. Hidden. Uh, I think. Okay, yeah, I think it was it. And um, yeah, I sent that out because I was like, oh, this is amazing! I can't believe we got the card, and it took forever. And forever and forever. And I'm like, where is, where are my dollars going 
like that I spent on this, <laughs> like yeah. to expedite it. And, you know, the fact that they're, they're turning them out a little bit more price appropriately now is good. Cause if you're paying that much, like, come on, don't, don't make you wait forever. Like get the process yeah. going. And then the market's already gone for whatever you had. Right. And that was, that was exactly the case. Cause I, I was seeing some of these cards selling for insane prices. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do that. I'm going to roll with it and see what happens. And then by the time I got it, it was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm holding on to this. <laughs> so, yeah. which is fine because I collect Charizard. Like that's my, that's oh, my yeah. focus in my collections. It's my favorite Pokemon or one of them. I Haunter, Charizard, Butterfree. But, um, you know, I was like, whatever. It's not the end of the world. I was just kind of mad. I spent so much money and it, it took like snail pace to get over to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what like it's. I I really I'm happy to see they're finally making some some progress, but they're still definitely I know they're going to start to bring some of their levels back down to earth. But I hate to say it, I think we plateaued on as far as pricing wise what it's going to be. Um they and they said it. We want we want to grade the low end cards. They want to grade the base Patrick Mahomes from Illusions. Nobody wants to buy that, but you know what? You you might want that for your collection. So they they understand that you don't want to pay $100 for that card to get graded. But I think we are also at the point now that I think we're going to have to deal with what we got as far as price-wise. And it's getting better. The market's kind of realized that. The collectors are realizing it. So the plateau's here, and the plateau's a, a good thing. People think that people think hitting a plateau is hitting rock bottom. No, hitting rock bottom means everything's gone. Hitting a plateau just means you can finally steadily make money without losing your ass as much as you were before. Right. And I do get their their perspective of hey, we you know, we want to make sure we want to grade those lower end cards because like hey, for kids like that kid at the card show that wants to get into the hobby but he doesn't oh, have yeah. a job and he's depending on allowance money or good report card money whatever the case may be, mm. you know, that's his chance to get a cool card in a slab that otherwise he would be, you know, begging for hundreds of dollars from his parents and yeah. you know, the parents might not see the value in that, but that's something that makes him happy. So like I totally get that perspective too. And um you know, I think it's cool. I think all cards deserve to be graded. If it's something you enjoy and something you like and you want to preserve it, absolutely. Go right for it. Exactly. So, so far, like I said, this was an excellent episode one. We are so happy that we could have our good friend of the show, Damien, with us. But before we go, we got to talk about it. For those of you that don't know, we are in the Philly sports market. We had some big news yesterday. The beard is in Philly. Oh baby, <laughs> I I don't I mean I, I I got mixed emotions, and not one of them is about Ben Simmons. I'm so happy he's gone. I just Harden scares me because he goes from team to team. He plays well for I don't know a month, and then it does the I'm done. I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it is scary, man. But I rather have somebody on the court playing. And I know that we gave up. You know Curry, I liked, but. You know, he was he's on an expiring contract and Drummond was a one year and Drummond was a great backup. Like, you know, he gets boards like nobody else, but he was ultimately playing to leave Philadelphia because there's no way we were going to sign a second big man to a multi-year contract. So he was going to be gone regardless. I think Seth might have stuck around and I think it's pretty savage that Doc was like, all right, son-in-law, like, see you later. (laughs) Somebody and I forget who posted it. I think it was. um, Yes, one of the. One of the ESPN guys actually said it on live air. 
He's like, yeah, he goes, he goes, I saw somebody post that Doc Rivers had to cancel practice so he could say goodbye to his grandkids. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and I, I like the guy has traded away his son. Yeah, yeah. And trade away his son-in-law. Like the dude, the dude is like when they talk when when Barstool talks about football guys, this dude is a basketball guy. He yeah. doesn't care. Oh yeah. Dude, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, Harden though, he's he he's something that Ben wasn't. Like, and first off, he's a ball dominant guard just like Ben was. But the thing is, he'll take the shot and he will be irritating to opposing defenses. Because yeah. he'll get those calls, and Embiid will get those calls. And I mean, the only bad thing that I could think about right now, as long as Harden's committed, is that these games are going to be so much longer because they're going to be going to the free throw, three free throw line yeah. a bazillion times. But I, you know, the fact that he wants to play with Embiid, who is just absolutely on a tear in probably his best season so far. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of hope that they could go on a run and it's just a matter of him committing. But I do think that Philly is a city for him. And I think obviously the fans are, are taking pictures outside of strip clubs and like giving him recommendations. <laughs> like I, you know, they, they get it. And I think he'll appreciate the level of fan and like how smart we are as Philly fans versus some of the other places that he's been to, not to disgrace like Houston or Brooklyn. But even in Brooklyn, I feel like New York is more of a Knicks town still than a Nets town because Nets yeah. were Jersey, then they move into Brooklyn. But even with Kyrie and Durant, they're still, you know, MSG. Like that's the place to mm -hmm. watch a game. So, um, you know, Philly, you know, right now, no one, no one's caring about Flyers. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. we're a basketball yeah. town for, for right now until – you know, we uh, hopefully get out of this whole baseball drama and get spring training going and everything else. But yeah, man, I'm happy. I think they can really go on a run. They have two years to do it based off of him committing to next year. And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, catching lightning in a bottle. But worst case scenario, if this doesn't work out, we shed Ben Simmons contract. Uh, we got rid of expiring contracts. You know, first round picks when you're uh, one of the top seeds in the East, that's in the 20s. It's not going to be that great. Although we did find Maxi, which I'm glad we kept him. I'm so um, happy about that. Him and Matisse. Yes. It, like, I was okay with giving up Matisse even, but Maxi for me was just a no-go because he's just grown so much from last year to this year and really just embraced the role of being in the starting five yeah. and being that guy. He and understands now, his place. Right. And, and he's got that energy. So now you, you imagine him coming off the bench um, if that's what they're going to go with. And he brings that spark off the bench. So it's just that energy that, you know, you had the starting five. Now you got him coming out there. Defenses are going to be out of breath trying to keep up. And it's mm -hmm. really exciting, man. As, as long as everyone can stay healthy, I really think they could make a run this year. Yeah, I'm more excited. Um, obviously, we have the uh, frosty freeze out <laughs> Wendy's. I want to know what the, the Delilah's Harden, what what their promo is going to be, because that one I'm all in for. <laughs> it's the uh, Delilah's Stakeout. Yeah. <laughs> you get a four-ounce four, four uh, T-bone or something. <laughs> we'll have Scott drunk running down from Xfinity trying to get there. But... It's, it's funny, man. It's going to be It's going to be wild. I mean, this to me is – up there, I mean, aside from like the trade for Roy Halladay, um, even the trade for Cliff Lee was a big one. Uh, you know, the trade for 
Jay Ajayi, which led to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like Philadelphia trades, this is definitely up there. And that's just face value right now. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but if they can make a run and if Harden comes here rejuvenated and excited, and I think some of the Kyrie stuff really like just exhausted him and he can come here. He can play in Philly. Philly's a great town. The fans are going to go absolutely nuts when he steps onto the court. And I think he's going to embrace it. And I think there's enough good, you know, good people in the locker room to keep him in check and not let him get out of control. Because mm-hmm. Embiid, I think, has embraced that role as the leader. I don't think Ben ever was. I think it was yeah. Embiid, and I think that's why the team always rallied against him. You have Tobias, who's a good guy as well. So, you know, I'm I'm excited, man. It's it's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride. But hey, I'll hop on that train. I want to be on Broad Street again. I want them to grease Pass. the poles, and I want to <laughs> collapse the Ritz Carlton roof down. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's been it's been too long. I mean, well, we, you know, we went 2008 and then 2017 <laughs> slash 18 technically. So I, I don't want to wait, you know, 10 years in between champions. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And you got this guy Embiid. So you got to roll with it. You got to, you got to do it now. Doc Rivers, don't ruin this. Exactly. And everyone take your vitamins and sleep or, you know, whatever sports science. <laughs> Call Chip Kelly. <laughs> but all right, man, that's Damien Dupree. Yes. Host of Casa de Dupree on Instagram. Uh, again, close friend of the show. We'll have him on a lot. Um, again, this has been the surviving the post-pandemic sports card market. We want to help you as best we can, guys. If you have any questions, hit us up. We are on six six ten collectibles for our Instagram. Uh, and again, Casa de Dupree. Anything you need movie-wise, comics, this guy has got it all. Uh Damien, once again, thank you for being on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, I, I took the check that you guys paid me with for the show, it, <laughs> and I dropped it, and it, it bounced off the floor. I think probably bounced and hit the ceiling twice. <laughs> <laughs> now, thanks for having me, man. This is fun. Like, you know, anytime I could talk nerd, I could talk collecting oh my God, these yeah. things that I obsess over on a daily basis and not annoy my family that does not care about it is always, always a plus. Yeah, Kennedy's getting a little old now. To she's starting to understand the all right, Dad. Come on, <laughs> I got her on the Lego train though, so I so I got <laughs> I her <saw> there. <laughs> but all right, man. Well, hey, thank you very much to everybody out there listening. Give us a heads up. Let us know how we did. And the big thing, guys, just keep collecting. We'll see you out there. Take care.